for the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to LA Talk Radio, your real talk station, with 24 hours of commercial free programming. Shit like a homeless man trying to change his life. We do it so fresh. And we do what the fuck we want to do. Yo. Welcome to a very spooky green room. Brought to you today by Evil Gloom. And now, dead from Sherman Oaks, California, the ghost of the green room, Sean Scream. All right, everyone, welcome to the program. We're doing it live here on LA Talk Radio. Feel free to give us a call at any point in the program, 323-203-0815. That's the LegalZoom.com self-help hotline. This show is being brought to you by LegalZoom.com, the leader in self-help legal services. Trademarks, wills, patents, power of attorneys, they got it all. LegalZoom.com is not a lawyer. They're a uh, self-help legal service. That helps you out at your discretion. And if you go to LegalZoom.com and you uh, get one of their amazing products, you can actually get an extra special Green Room discount by just entering green in the checkout box. I'd like to welcome on my left-demand band, Logan Left Eye Lystico. Logan, thanks for being on the show. Good evening. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, where to start? Well, Logan... Logan and I were talking before the show. I, I didn't have the time to print out the normal rundown with the normal intro. And then Logan looks at me and he goes, <laughs> hey, so are, is this like a Halloween show? Are you going to have a lot of Halloween stuff going on? <laughs> I go, no. <laughs> I go, no, I don't have any Halloween stuff. And you go, okay. All right, I got it. So Logan decided to throw his own Halloween intro there. I appreciate that, Logan. Something creative. You're contributing to the show. Good times. Man, a lot of stuff going on in the green room. Well, first off... Uh, uh, thank you guys, everyone, for tuning in every week. Really appreciate it. Uh, everything is going up, the traffic, the downloads, and it's easy to turn people on. Just, you know, send them a link, the iTunes, and, uh, you know, we always appreciate that. A couple things I want to get to. Um, well, first off, we got a special guest comedian, Johnny Pemberton, will be in uh, later in the program. He is now hosting this uh, new show on uh, MTV called Mega Drive. And it premieres next Thursday, November 4th at 10.30 on MTV. So stay tuned for that interview. But um, let's see. All right. First off, I want to talk about the girl we had in last week, the <laughs> Go Topless model. Uh, I think her name was Lara. I, well, I keep mixing it. Lara. So if you guys want to see her topless, she did get topless. You can go to www.shantigreen.com. In the episode description, uh, there's a link to where you can see it uncensored. If you just uh, see the normal episode description, there's a box that I blurted out. I, I actually took a picture of Logan's head and put it over her breast. Oh, I didn't even see that. <laughs> and uh, it's it, both both pictures are uh, interesting and funny in their own way. <laughs> Let Logan, I, I think I, check that out. Yeah, you should check it out. I'm glad you put me in the picture. Right. Well, I, I, I took the picture, but I didn't. Right. You weren't you weren't there, but you were there. And I used a picture from uh, I think we were at a party or something because you're making this big. This big grin and you got your eyebrows up, so it, it really works. Like it's almost like a picture of you looking at this girl topless <laughs> right. that I ended up using to blur out the nipples, so that you can uh, check the site out at work. Although if you, oh, if that image was loaded up, I feel like that's it's almost more yeah. that's almost more creepy than actually having the topless chick on there. 
And my dad, my dad called me and he was talking about the episode. He's like, oh man, yeah, your mom was listening to the show. Although I think she tuned it out once you brought on that topless chick. <laughs> He's like, did she really get topless? I was like, yeah, dad, go to the website. He's like, oh, maybe I'll have to check that out. <laughs> That's cool. Well, Logan, I think uh, next week, next week could be a very interesting show. I know that Prop 19 is on the ballots. That is the ballot to legalize marijuana in California, November 2nd, Prop 19. And I was thinking, if that ends up becoming legal in our state, next week we're going to be on the air, November 4th, two days after this law had passed. And I think uh, maybe we'll do a high show or something. Maybe we'll try marijuana for the first time, see what all the fuss is about. Now, can I, uh, if it is voted in, that doesn't actually go into effect until January 1st, right? Oh, okay. Well, then maybe not. <laughs> no, I, I mean I don't know. I, that's no, I don't. I don't know like the. Goes I don't know the law. Effect. I assumed it would go in effect right away, but I, I guess I really don't know the, uh, you know, the whole uh, behind the scenes of the of the law. So the Prop 19 weed show possibility next week. We'll see. All right. Well, let's see. We got to get to uh, Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen <laughs> is losing his mind. Not that anyone thought he had a mind to begin with, but. Uh, Charlie Sheen, he's doing it. Actor Charlie Sheen is back in the headlines. <laughs> a law enforcement official says Sheen was hospitalized for a psychiatric evaluation after a woman told police he was throwing furniture in his New York City hotel room. Police were called to Sheen's room at the plaza around 2 a.m. Tuesday. The official says a woman in his room told police the 45-year-old star of two and a half men was highly intoxicated and had been yelling and throwing furniture. Sheen was not arrested but checked himself into the hospital for an evaluation. A statement from Sheen's publicist says he had an adverse reaction to some medication <laughs> and should be out of the hospital tomorrow. Noel Waghorn, the Associated Press. Uh, Side that effects is... include throwing furniture. <laughs> yeah, that is my favorite part first off what kind of doctor out there keeps prescribing charlie sheen whiskey and cocaine obviously <laughs> he's gonna have adverse reactions to it and these publicists come on just say he had a couple drinks he was doing some blow he admitted supposedly to the police officers that he was high on cocaine and i guess i i don't know how how that's not a violation of his probation i guess since he's not officially charged with anything because they couldn't find any cocaine i guess that's some advice for you if you're gonna have a tantrum you're gonna party with a prostitute make sure you get rid of all the cocaine by doing it before the cops are eventually called and from cbs's point of view I, I, this is this is hilarious to me and that cbs when janet jackson's nipple came out couldn't distance themselves Further from Janet Jackson's like, oh, my God, we had no idea that was going on. The, tons of fines. You, we're going to change how our shows are broadcast. We're going to make family entertainment. I mean, the name of the show, Shit My Dad Says, is Bleep My Dad Says. Obviously, that's FCC things. But still, they're, they're trying to present this family image. Two and a Half Men is kind of a family show, and they will not get rid of Charlie Sheen. I'm not advocating they will, but it's just so hilariously blatant that, okay, the show's popular. This guy can literally get away with anything he wants. After he went in, um, when he was arrested on Christmas Day of last year, he was arrested for allegedly threatening his wife. He had uh, some sort of, supposedly put a knife up to her throat, some domestic violence issues. Obviously, he wasn't sober. They throw him in jail. He gets out of jail. He gets out of jail, and you think, oh, okay, wow, he might he might be suspended by CBS. He might uh, 
he might be in trouble. He might, okay, they'll at least, if there's some sort of uh, morals clause, he, he could be in trouble. Now, to be fair, though, his character, on, you say it's a family show, but his character on that show, it's very sugar-coated, but the implication is that he is a, basically playing himself, and he wouldn't. Right. Like, he doesn't do drugs on the show, but he definitely <laughs> sleeps around, and, you know, I'd imagine if it was, like, you know, more R-rated, he would be doing coke. Like, that's his, okay. that's his character, you know? Right. I, I guess I'm, I'm guess I'm coming to the... The conclusion that the, the way they reacted to the Janet Jones or Janet Jackson scandal, yeah. they, they they totally distanced themselves. We didn't know that was going on, and, and you know, kind of played that innocent. was on their airwaves, right? As opposed to this, which isn't. But I'm I'm just playing. Yeah, no, CBS advocate. is I mean, on Two and a Half Men. I mean, Two and a Half Men is on CBS. Yeah, but I'm saying he he getting arrested that happened oh, in his okay. personal life, right? But she showed her nipple on right. the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. So if he was, I, I see your point. So if he was hooking up with with prostitutes and doing cocaine on the show live, then yeah, maybe yeah. they'd have a problem with it. Or even if he came on the set, I don't know if I've heard any stories of him actually showing up to work fucked up like that. I mean, it's probably no. They all, they, yeah. They CBS released a statement saying no. He's he's a great employee. He does a great job. I just find it hilarious that the guy gets out of the clink from domestic abuse charges in Aspen. And instead of being fired or any problems with his job, instead, he holds out for more money. After that happened, yeah. he held out for more money. They signed him to a $2 million an episode contract. More than the Friends peeps. Yeah, exactly. They held out for $1 million. That's crazy. But two, imagine a world where you, you feel like, okay, I almost got arrested, or I did get arrested. I should be in jail. And no, they're, instead I'm going to hold out and get more money. Now he gets arrested again, and they're not going to fire this guy. I just find it, I just find it entertaining that it's almost like a reality <laughs> show where Charlie Sheen, okay, Charlie Sheen, it's like I'm trying to do everything I can to ruin this sitcom gig I have, and he still can't do it. Can't There's not what could he do right now? What could you think of a scenario of something he could do that would get him fired from this show? Nothing. Could get married and settle down. <laughs> yeah, probably, the, and that's not fired. interesting anymore to the people. Exactly. I Maybe now, it's free PR for the okay, show. Okay, so obviously Charlie Sheen, unstable to say the least. And it reminded me of some of the other statements Charlie Sheen had made, particularly his statements on 9-11. NORAD standing down. <laughs> Where were the planes? On now to one of the eeriest moments amid the carnage of 9-11. A mysterious plane was seen flying right over the president's residence. The E-4Bs over New York and Washington. <laughs> I love how he just presents himself as this military expert with inside knowledge. Hey, he Obama, cool where, where are the E-4Bs, man? Where are the E-4Bs? He's probably having the same conversation coked out of his mind with this prostitute that he was with. Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, that's because of 9-11. He's like, Jesus Christ, I thought he was just going to buy me a steak dinner. I didn't realize he was going to talk about the planes for two and a half hours. Otherwise known as the Doomsday Planes. <laughs> the Doomsday Planes? This poor, this she's actually, the, the girl he had on this date is actually a porno star. And supposedly, a, I don't know, maybe working as a prostitute. <laughs> Do you imagine the conversations they're having? You know he's mentioning 9-11. They're in New York, so close to ground zero, so close to the truth. <laughs> Explain. Cell phones working at impossible altitudes. <laughs> and who who is more an expert on cell phones and their abilities to operate at certain altitudes? What's this from? 
I forget uh, specifically what it's from, but Charlie Sheen just got together with other 9-11 conspiracy people and presented this video to Obama. It it got it, this was a couple of years ago. I think it was right when Obama got into office, and Charlie Sheen probably thought, oh, "Okay, he is gonna change stuff. He's gonna get behind 9/11. Reveal what really happened." Oh man! Solicitor General Ted Olson receiving phone calls that the FBI says were never made. What happened during that call? This is the only information we have. <laughs> Larry King's gonna get to the bottom of this. Another whack job. The guy has seven wives. You see, you think Larry Larry King's a great investigative reporter? He's a, he's an old old man with suspenders that just reads a teleprompter. On these terrorists, she was able to call him twice. How she could pull that off, we don't know, but she did. <laughs> I've used my I've I've gotten a text message on a cell phone before on a plane. It's not it's not that crazy, Charlie. Well, it was she, in the sky. Yeah. Oh, nice. There you go. You disproved the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was it was from. It was from Al-Qaeda, and the text message was for me to bust through the cabin door and take the plane down. But... Oh, we're live. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> These are the questions, Mr. President. These are the questions. Oh, God. And on. Dude, Obama must be in bizarro world, like, since he stepped into Good that Good afternoon, world. Mr. President. Oh, this is I the actual... I representing the families of the victims of September 11th. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't, don't know. represent us, Charlie Sheen. What the hell? <laughs> I don't know if every victim came together and said, okay, this is the guy we want speaking for. This is the most reasonably sound man we know of, Charlie Sheen, and he's going to present the events that actually happened on 9-11 that deserve more attention. As well as millions of my fellow Americans. Hopefully by now you've had a chance to read my letter to you. <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing he's going to do. That's the first thing Barack Obama, the leader of the free world, is going to get to you, Charlie Sheen. I don't mind Charlie Sheen having a good time and partying and doing whatever he wants, but don't waste the president's time with your crackpot theories. <laughs> and to everyone else who thinks 9-11 was fake or crazy or, or something, you know, hey, man, I, I love how I everyone – No, 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 I, di I disagree. I think – I mean, yeah, most of those people are crazy and most of those conspiracy theories are obviously crazy, but there's, some, there's definitely something that we don't know. I mean the government hides stuff all the time. Okay. And there's conspiracy. There, it was true. Okay. Was a I I totally. Okay. Obviously, we don't know every single fact that happened at 9/11, but I don't think there was any large-scale cover-up. I think the people that flew the planes into the towers were Al Qaeda, and they did it because of uh, you know their interpretation of the Quran and because they don't like our involvement over in the Middle East. Do you believe that, uh, the K JFK shooting was a conspiracy at all, or that's possible? I don't know what happened at the JFK theory. I don't. I think that uh, probably the mafia killed him. The mafia had the motive to do it, and they. And I'm pretty sure they killed his um, his brother too. They were the ones with the motives. There's there's no motive for the U.S. government to to fly planes. Oh, so they could invade Iraq. They invaded Iraq. He said there were weapons of oh, mass yeah. destruction and never found them. You don't, he didn't need a reason. Saddam Hussein was there killing some of his own people. He presented the case even without 9-11. Yeah, that helped sell it, but trust me. I don't think Bush was in on it or any of the any leaders were in on it personally. I don't think that, but I do think they covered a lot of stuff up. But I mean, What do you, you mean know, by that, though? What do you mean yeah, they covered yeah, up mean, a lot? I mean something different than what other people mean. But, I, but yeah, that I doesn't make think, sense, though. What do you mean they covered up? Well, uh, they they got every – there were a lot of security cameras that were aimed at the uh, – well, they weren't really aimed at the Pentagon, 
But like every every security camera that was near the Pentagon that saw like the plane that crashed into it was like within 24 hours retrieved by the FBI and the CIA. Yeah, I don't so know. they There's can figure out stuff. stuff. But I mean, what? Okay, but, but that the, wasn't the case in New York. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of suspicious. Obviously, there's a lot of information out there on stuff that happened in 9/11. But I don't think the government caused that. And no, if, no, I don't think if it caused the government. It, but I do think they are, covered up stuff to protect. Yeah, quote unquote protect. Us. Yeah, they. I'm sure they hide information all the time under the guise of national security. But let's be honest. If if the government did cover up 9/11, if the government was involved, is Charlie Sheen really gonna be the? <laughs> yeah. He's gonna be the nutcracker that pops that walnut open to get to the salty truth? No, of course not. He's crazy. My God. All right, let's get to some sports here. I'm I'm about to have an aneurysm. No, speaking of sports <laughs> and aneurysms, I watched the goddamn Philadelphia Phillies lose. Ryan Howard, bottom of the ninth. Two on, two outs, full count, swing the bat, man. Swing the bat. Go down swinging. You can't just go up there and take a called third strike. You can't just sit there and take a called third strike. Not when you're pulling down the salary you're pulling down. You're a franchise player, for Christ's sake. You know what happened to me when I played Little League? Yeah, did I get some called third strikes? You're bet. You betcha I did. You know why? Because I was terrified of the ball, and I was not a great athlete. You're Ryan Howard. Swing the bat. God. Did I ever tell you the story, Logan, of how I got beamed? No. Well. You got beamed? Right. That's the story I'm going to get to. <laughs> the end. Pitcher threw the ball at me, or so I thought. I, I, I guess I had not great depth perception, hand-eye coordination. A lot of things weren't working great at the time. And I thought it was coming right at me. So what I did was, instead of, uh, instead of just standing there and maybe swinging the bat and possibly hitting the ball, I ducked and went to cover my face, but I kind of did it in an angle when I turned, and it hit my hand, the ball, and I thought I got you know hit by the pitch, so I go to walk to first base, and the ump goes, oh, no, no, that was over the strike zone. I had put my hand over the strike zone in a desperate way to try to block being hit by the ball, <laughs> so I think I was the only guy in Little League history to ever be hit by a pitch and have it called a strike. All right. Was, that, was the ump kind of a dick about it? <laughs> no, he wasn't a dick about it. He oh, just he said, just like, oh, hey, that, the ball's right over the plate. I'm going to have to call that a strike. All right, Logan. Well, uh, speaking of strikes, if we were bowling, this guest would definitely be a strike. <laughs> like to welcome on to the show Johnny Pemberton. Johnny, thanks for coming on the program, man. Thanks for having me. Good All times. Right, I'm here to strike. I don't know what the, yeah. Strike while the iron's hot. Speaking of uh, hot irons, <laughs> your career, good. man. I like that. Strike is good. As long as it's not a sports metaphor, then I can understand it. Okay. So well, bowling. I do get bowling. Yeah, it's well, pretty I'm simple. Okay bowling, yeah. yeah, you knock over the pins. Strike's really good. It's all the pins. Spare. Yeah. You know, it's 10 pins, but through two balls. It's not that crazy. Numbers. So, Johnny, uh, yes. let's see. I know you uh, grew up in Minnesota. I did, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. All the way, 100%. Minnesota so you were born in Minnesota, grew up in Minnesota. <laughs> yes, did that for a number of years, learning to be a person. School. Nice. Stuff. It was great. How, how was school growing up for you? Now, I know oh, you man. said you're not really into sports. No, I'm not into sports. Obviously, I mean, you found your way into comedy. What yeah. was sport? What did you get into as a kid? I mean, I tried hockey. Tried hockey. I mean, well, yeah, Minnesota, you, you feel like you have it, to. Yeah. Right. I was, uh, I didn't hate it. I still like hockey all right, you know. I find it, you know, it's something about it. It's kind of... Um, I appreciate it, but I couldn't. I couldn't handle it at all. I was. I didn't grow fast enough. Right. To be. I, you know, growing up in Texas, I never once have played ice hockey. Yeah. And I always wanted to. It looks so cool. I went to school in Florida, and they had a team, uh, a local team, that played 
ice hockey, and they were horrible. They, I went and saw one game, and one of the guys got ejected for using his skate as a weapon. That's, <laughs> That's right out of uh, Happy yeah. Gilmore. That exactly. was his only record. I was yeah. the I was the one guy who tried to stab someone with his skate. And he was proud of it. He was strutting around after the game, like in the hallway, with a suit on. You know, like I got ejected for three games. Maybe this season. <laughs> yeah. And they yeah, won. that's definitely a hockey thing. They brag about getting right. not, uh, you know, not being allowed to play in the game. Definitely a Florida hockey thing. Okay, so you were uh, you grew up in yeah, Minnesota. Minnesota. Not really a big sports guy. Not do you really. do you get into theater? Do you get into theater? I mean, Boy I'm, Scouts. What what kind of what kind of filled out your day as a young child? Young Boy kid. Scouts a little bit, but even then I didn't really get into that. I mean, I'm a big music guy, so I was I was always playing in bands and stuff and. Um, Doing that, that was the main thing. Yeah. Okay. The main now, thing to so, avoid, avoid women. Yeah. All right. Now high school comes. <laughs> How's the high school experience? Oh, uh, high school was one of those things where I loved to hate it. I, I mean, I hated it with a passion, but I had a lot of friends who felt the same way. So, we. Uh, you had fun like, just ragging on your high school. Oh man, it was like vociferous hatred for everything. <laughs> okay, so you had you had a group of friends. Right. Not. Mr. Popularity, were you popular? I, I went to a small Catholic high school, so popularity was sort of like. Not really Relative an issue, yeah. Yeah. Like I had friends who played on the basketball team, and they also played Dungeons and Dragons. So there's like that was a weird. Yeah, there was no no different delineation, yeah. so it yeah. wasn't really super clicky in that sense. No, not really. But yeah, it definitely sucked. Yeah. So not a fan. <laughs> not a fan of the high school experience. No. Well, I mean, I guess I learned a lot about it. You know, I learned a lot of good things. I'm glad I did have that experience because it made right. me stronger as a person. There right. you go. But, yeah, this <laughs> sounds like a Catholic yeah. school thing. Hey, it's about building character. Right. Yeah, you don't want to do this now, but it's gonna pay off later. It taught me how to lie to people who were older than me <laughs> uh, in a way that they believed. All right, compelling yeah. ability to lie. That's uh. Yeah. Well, your show business, that's that's exactly. definitely helpful. Yeah. Now, so you, did you start getting into comedy in high school at all? I don't know. I mean, I was always – I didn't get into comedy. I didn't know it was comedy. I just thought it was getting in trouble, you know. Right. So I didn't I didn't really know anything about comedy until uh, till college and stuff. Cause okay, I, so now you go yeah. to college. You go down to Florida State. Yeah. Okay. And now do you start, you start doing comedy there? Do you no. get interested in stand-up, I sketch? Did a lot, I did a lot of video and sketch stuff there, there but no, no stand-up. I mean, Florida State – is in Tallahassee, which is kind of, it's not a small, small town, but it's also not like, there's not a lot going on there. So Not a big comedy scene? Yeah, not not when I was there, at least. Not that I found out of. And still, at that point, it was one of those things where, to me, comedy was something that, it's like, you're not, you're not, spoke, you're not allowed to do that. You're right. not allowed to do, be a yeah. comedian? Yeah, it's, it sounds like kind of, uh, yeah, foreign. I mean, no one really thinks of it as a career, necessarily. Yeah. Well, or especially so, when you're so younger, younger, or even before the internet really blew up, especially. Right. So now you're down in you're down there in Florida right. State. What's your what's your major? What's your mo? Oh my mo. Well, is that the same as major? I don't think it is. Right? No, yeah, but I mean, like, what are you what are you doing down there? Um, uh, I went to school because they accepted me. That's mm-hmm. for one. I applied to a lot of places. Like, oh yeah, I can definitely go wherever I want to go with my <laughs> 2.7 GPA. Um, so I uh, went there because they sent me the letter that said I could go, and it's as far, this, as far away from Minnesota as, as So you want you were just dying to get out, oh, yeah. get some warm weather. Warm weather, everything everything not Minnesota. So I did that. You know, I studied communica- little communications there, a little English, a little uh, – Okay, but was know, there any game stuff. plan? Did you have any career in mind when you went no, to college? No, I had no idea. No. Yeah. So you were just like, hey, I'm going to get out of the house. I'm going to see some chicks in some bikinis. I'm going to hang out down at Florida State – did you get into the party scene at all down in Florida State? I mean, Florida, Florida State, I think you have to. It's one of those things where I didn't even understand about – the amount I learned my freshman year about things, par, all things party is just – So you, did, you weren't like a big partier in high school? 
No, I know not at all. Okay, so you get to college, yeah. your eyes kind of get wide. Absolutely. You're like, oh man, start drinking, yeah. start all the time. All the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I didn't know what I had no idea what a uh, what the what the whole power hour thing was, and that became oh, wow. sort of a, such a such a regular thing that that was how I would drink beer. Right. Drink beer out of a shot glass. <laughs> she became the normal. Yeah. yeah Any party you went to, you just found the shot glasses. I in will, I, pretty much. I'm not kidding. I would do it, is, it is easy to put down a ton of beer. Especially when it's shitty beer, too. Right. Yeah. You just do a shot, and you're like, oh, that's over, and it's not as strong as a shot. And you think, oh, hey, I just did 60 shots of beer, but they're just shots of beer. It doesn't right. seem – and then you stand up after doing 60 shots of beer, and you're like, oh, my God. And the best part is – I, you know, it's a great game to kind of get girls into drinking. You're like, yeah, we made this mix CD. There's 60 songs on there. A lot of Bon Jovi. I know you like that. <laughs> right. And then each song is like, oh, hey, guys, next song. Make sure you drink. We didn't even go that far. We didn't have the CD. We didn't have those women, really. It's more, like, <laughs> more in my friend Steve's dorm room. <laughs> so you guys yeah, actually, you know. I, I was the same way in college. Like, we would just be like, well, it's been a minute. Something we would forget yeah. and be like, oh, shit, oh. it's been two minutes. Drink two. See, yeah. the, this was like when Napster hit, and... The mix CD for the Power Hour that was that was awesome because right, it made it like a more fun party thing. Otherwise, you're just looking at an analog clock going, okay, I'm just yeah. watching the seconds tick away. Which I don't I don't really mind that much, but so now yeah. what? Um, oh wait, real quick drinking story. Right. We were at um, you were you came over to the Comedy Garage on yeah. Saturday. My one of my favorite places. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have you on. Uh, you'll definitely be on next month. Wonderful. And. Uh, it was like, oh well, we had a um, we had a bet going in baseball because uh, the roommates that are there now, me, Logan, Ryan, and Cornell. Mm-hmm. I'm a Phillies fan. Ryan is a Yankees fan, and then uh, Logan is a Rangers fan. Cornell's from Northern California. He's a Giants fan. So all four teams are in the Major League playoffs, you know, uh, division championship or whatever. And uh, so basically we weren't going to put up any big money. The idea was that the two teams that lost, those two guys had to chug a 40. And uh, Ryan and I, being the Yankees and Phillies, ended up chugging a 40 before the party. And uh, I got to say I was pretty, I was feeling pretty good. <laughs> I got some great footage of it too. And right, yeah, maybe. Uh, barfing. Speaking yeah. of footage of chugging 40, was it, it was a Mickey's 40, right? Right, it yeah. was Mickey's 40. It had been sitting around since the last party. And it was really tough because you couldn't really – I mean, I haven't chugged a beer in a long time, yeah. so it, t- it I almost did it in like three eight ounce or no wait five like eight ounce waves. Sessions, right? Right. I have some really great footage. Uh, a couple years ago, Kyle Kinane and I did this show in Arizona, and uh, it was right before the show, and Kyle was getting getting ready to go, and I have a, I took a video of him um, chugging a forty in the quiet darkness of our shitty hotel room. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it's a video you can't really find it unless you know me, but. It right. is the most beautiful, sad piece of art I've ever created. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe uh, maybe Logan will will put it up on uh, shantygreen.com of me and uh, me and I I held it down. I didn't throw up, although I did almost throw up. I did one of the huh! and then that hearing that uh, made Ryan throw up. Oh, that's good. That's what you want. Yeah, it's a little, little right. Yeah. Exactly. And I basically followed Ryan behind the house. And- <laughs> And he threw up, and I'm videoing him the whole time, and I'm like, are you all right, man? And right as soon as I say that, his whole body, like, convulses, and he, like, projectile vomits, and I was just like, oh, dude, I'm sorry, man. And then he goes, <laughs> no, I feel good. <laughs> That's the thing, like, you got to oh. try to play it off like, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, man. That was my whole, I meant to do that. <laughs> I felt really bad when I saw him do that. I was like, oh, I'm sorry for taping that. That was, and then he's like, no, I feel good. I just couldn't talk. So, so now, Johnny, you're in yeah. Florida State. You're right. at there. Graduation time's coming. How do you get to there? 
to Los Angeles. What happens? Um, well, I, I moved back to Minnesota for a while and did a lot of uh, drink a lot of ginger ale and Maker's Mark and I'd play with a nice. little little keyboard I had in the basement. But then I eventually got a job here in Los Angeles and uh, it was simple. It was, simple, it was you know, really simple. I was trying to find a job and I couldn't find it anywhere. And I had some friends who I went to school with who happened to move out there before me, and I got a job to move out here, and I did it. Okay, what yeah. you, what's your uh, what's the job that brought you out I here? I worked at Fox for a little while at the at that you know that television place. Right, Fox, I've yeah. heard stuff. <laughs> right. What'd you uh, what'd you get a job doing there? I like PA for the uh, for the their websites doing doing. Did you yeah. work for Fox Interactive? No, Fox Fox dot com. Okay. Okay, so yeah. you come out here. Now, had you been uh, doing comedy in Minnesota? Would you start doing stand-up? Uh, no, I mean, I'd done a little bit of something um, before before I moved here, like sort of a little, some, a few things in Florida and like. And so what's the, what's the early Johnny Pemberton stuff? Are you are you doing stand-up? Know, are you doing musical stuff? Because you have that musical background. Kind of a little bit of both. I mean, I was always writing stuff. Uh, so it was something where when I got a chance to actually do it, I had a lot to to go off of and stuff because I had always been writing it with the intent of doing stand-up, but I just had never had any opportunities until Los Angeles, because that's, right. that's the best place. So then yeah. what, you, you come out here to L.A., you're working at Fox, yeah. and then what, you just start grinding away, yeah. doing open mics? Yeah, just doing, just doing the, the normal thing, I guess you could say, yeah. Okay, cool. Grinding away. Now, when when do you start, uh, now let's, uh, how do you get this MTV show? How does that come about? Uh, I mean, it came out normal thing, you know, I, it was a long process, I auditioned, and we shot a test, and pilot, and all this stuff, and long... Long thing, and uh, yeah, now it's uh, it's coming out a week from what time is it right now? It's like eight. yes, uh, yeah, a week from today, week November fourth, ten thirty, MTV. This is a this is a huge deal. Here, I got the uh, I got the trailer here. I'll uh, I'll play it now. This is Johnny Pemberton hosting oh, Mega Drive you know, on this, MTV. This is just audio though, right? Yeah. Oh, Why is it not really gonna work? Well, have you seen it no, yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen work. It. <laughs> you gotta check it out, people. <laughs> Check it out. He could, drives. Uh, he drives crazy vehicles. You could it's play awesome. it, but it probably would just be. All right. Like, well, Logan. Ah, I'll, I'll do the trailer for you. Here's the trailer. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you do the trailer for ah, me. What? You can't do. Ah! Look out! Oh my God! Hey, what's that? Hey, where'd you get that? I don't know. MTV. Sweet. That's the All right, let's come back. Okay, so now you're right. I guess it is mostly visual. I'll, I'll put it up when we post the episode. ShantiGreen.com. I'll link to the Mega Drive trailer there. Okay, so describe the concept to people for the show. The show um, is sort of like Desperate Housewives meets The Hills, but it's kind of like uh, based on all, all, uh, So You Think You Can Dance. You know, oh, okay. Right. All right, all right, right. So if you total those together. <laughs> It's got a lot of elements of those of those shows. Um, there's this Indian show that you can't get. It's like a Bollywood okay. TV thing that is all, a closed circuit only. Weird. Uh, that was a big influence on me personally doing it. It's about the security guard who oh, okay. loves the princess. Okay, so there's and, a romantic thing right, there. Okay. Right, but it only plays in the building in which he works. And so oh, okay. So that, it's so you think you can dance to them having a love scene, and then kind there's of. some. Okay. If you take out the dancing and the love. And make it more about top gear, sort of like Top Gear meets okay. uh, Jackass. Then I'd say it's, it's okay. Sort of so like, the basis Top Gear meets Jackass. Meets sort of like um, oh, I don't know. Okay. Your standard interview program. Yeah, no, I mean it's <laughs> a uh, yeah, kind of like Man vs. Food, except uh, you're a lot funnier than the Man vs. Food guy. <laughs> and know. instead of eating crazy foods. And uh, having some weird interaction with those people, you're going out, you're testing different crazy vehicles, mm-hmm. and then interacting 
with these kind of uh, out of the normal people. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of those guys have built these machines from scratch, and typically someone who's good at modifying a jet engine onto a semi truck is not lacking some people skills. Yeah, lacking, or their people skills <laughs> have been tact. augmented in such a way where they don't talk like your average person. Or a lot of them, you know, a lot of them are straight up rednecks and proud of it. Went to this one place and. I think it was North Carolina, or one of the, as we used to call it on the show, uh, the Carolinas, because it became too hard to distinguish between <laughs> the two, right. because they they don't care. They don't, no, they All they, they don't. care is that you have a rebel flag in your truck and you're drinking beer. We went to this one place, and it was a redneck fiesta, man. I've never seen anything like it. They were, we got there, you know, at 8 a.m. or something, and everyone was already, already drunk. Right. Not like drinking, but drunk. Yeah, they start when the sun rises. It's ridiculous. Wow. And they were going crazy. This one guy who looked like, um... What's the guy from Dukes of Hazzard with the beard and the and the uh, boss hog? Yeah, boss hog. He this guy who looked like that, but fatter and like somehow <laughs> more more gnarly. You know, you know you're not gonna live long when what, like people are describing you as a fat boss hog. Yeah, like boss hog is a toned down version of this guy. <laughs> exactly. Is what you're saying. Exactly. A more TV friendly version. This guy comes up to me, <laughs> and after I was driving around this like alcohol fueled mud truck, which is the by by the way the loudest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I mean ear oh. ear splittingly loud. Um, I haven't been to any truck rallies or anything, so. Right. This guy is like, hey, now, why don't you put down that little thing a little more right now? And, <laughs> and right to me, and I'm like, what did you say? I'm sorry. I really don't know what you just said. This guy's smacking that down a little bit and picking up. <laughs> and I looked to his friends like, what? I'm sorry. Is he, is he talking to me? What, what did you say? He's like, oh, he said you should mash down the gas a little more. Like, uh, like, oh, okay. And I just now, <laughs> now you, you meet all these, you meet all these kooky characters. Some of it, it sounds like you kind of go all over the country, or is yeah, it mostly we were, the deep south? Um, I mean, all over the country. The, the south liked us a bit more in terms of, uh, you know, willingness to, with their willingness to play along, you know, because. There's a lot of stuff that we were like, oh, we, we want to take your expensive machine and kind of, we want to see if we can crash it and then maybe light a fire next to it, but, you know, we're not going to start on fire, just maybe see if it does kind of thing. Right. So a lot of people in the South are just like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're down, we're down yeah. to power. Oh, yeah, it's, we already tried that. It's, sure. It's weird. They really are down to. Did you have things. any, did you have any scary moments? You're you're here, um, you're, you're driving mud trucks, guys are drinking, t- yeah. possibly lighting stuff on fire. What's the closest you came to death? Was there any really scary moments where you're like, Oh, this is a TV show. How? Why am I almost killing myself? Uh, yeah, and there was some stuff. There wasn't anything where I'd say I was about to die, but it was probably a couple times when I could have been seriously injured or like burned to death. Um, <laughs> well, then you would die. Right. Oh, not, I'm sorry, not burned to death, just burned, like severely burned. But um, the first episode, actually, the first day of the shoot, actually, I crashed an, an Ariel Atom, this little little race car. Little uh, open, what do you call it? Open, con- not open container, but uh, you know, it's open it's open air race car. Yeah. Yeah, because I was trying to push it to push it. How to fast were you going when you crashed it? Not that fast, but the thing is, is that thing accelerates and incre- it's the fastest, the fastest. Oh god, that's such a thing to say. <laughs> the fastest accelerating car, because uh, it goes. It's, it's this tiny little go kart with an engine on it that's way too big, so it goes from zero to sixty, and I can't remember how fast, but uh, it wasn't going that fast. But I did manage to throw it off off the track and crash it into the warning track, and missed missed the uh, the metal barrier by. I mean, I don't. It's by literally like a few inches. So I would have crashed the thing to pieces if I. Oh I man, know. that would, they yeah. would have been really fired up. Yeah. I, I, mean, I just imagine you rolling some guy's monster truck, and then the MTV guy explaining, "Oh, don't worry, 
we'll have the insurance take care of this. Right. And then they just like they're gathering up. Uh, pitches and uh, or you know like pitchforks and torches oh, yeah. and ready to ready to burn the production down now did you have any of those interactions where people got seriously mad at you yeah it was one time uh we were in florida i want to say tarpon springs or something god i can't even remember everything it's such a such a blur but i uh, was driving this this weird little mud truck this mud bog truck that drives can drive in like three or four feet of standing water and uh, for some reason, it doesn't have a brake. And I guess that makes sense to the person who owns this and built it. Because there's some mechanism you can do with the clutch to oh, slow okay. it down. So... But there's no brake. And I'm driving the thing, and I forget it doesn't have a brake when I'm pulling out of the swamp. And I'm like, oh, oh shit, there's, there's no brake. I don't know what to do. And I plow right into this guy's brand new like F-350 or whatever. Oh, man. Right in the front of it. Those are expensive. And there were like <laughs> – and this was like – of all the places we've been, this was the most – this was a redneck millennial party here. This was this was it. This was the high. <laughs> Johnny's Johnny's arms ball. are all over describing. I can't even begin to describe how the the, the degree and the oh man, it was crazy. And that was I was scared for a second that like they were gonna overpower the people on our crew who were protecting me or at least supposed to or. Yeah. Her, her so how out. did how get did... a rope? Get a rope! Oh look out! New York City. <laughs> and, and then, <laughs> New York City. Know, what is this like? Did a, they say uh, that exactly. like anyone who's I'm not, not from kidding. there? I'm not kidding. Someone said that. I'm like, you're, you're just quoting a fucking salsa commercial <laughs> from ten years ago. And, yeah. Uh, I'm not even from New York City. And doesn't. Even, yeah. <laughs> That's but, a weird argument to have. Exactly. Now you're you're out there. You're describing all these kind of insanely crazy rednecks, but. Was there was there like a sweet side? Was there a kind of oh, yeah, you're out there mud bogging it with these guys, then you, you kind of like oh man I I really gained an appreciation for maybe the redneck struggle or life in uh, the middle of the country. Did did you kind of grow or grow to appreciate these people? Yeah, that was like the best part actually. I mean when I say redneck, it's, most of that was the people like at right. It's not pe- it's not like pejorative. Oh, people celebrate their redneckness. Some of them do. Uh, a couple times I did, but for the most part, the people who were was driving with and stuff, those guys are like, the, a lot of them were not like that at all, and they were like the coolest guys ever. And like, at the end of the day, it was, you know, I was really sad to leave because I felt like, you know, it was a, it was a real kind of bonding experience to do all these crazy weird things with them. And I definitely learned a lot of stuff uh, about every sort of thing I'd never would have ever imagined I would know anything about. So Right. Now, so you're asking them all these questions about their lifestyle, kind of how they thought of making this giant mechanical robot spider that right. drives around. <laughs> you're asking them all these questions. I imagine, you know, they're calling you city boy and stuff like that. What kind of stuff did they ask you? Did they say did they have questions about show business or television? Um, did they just not care? What was their kind of reaction to you coming to their world? I mean, they they have some stuff, but for the most part, it's like I'm on I'm on the offensive with the question. So right, so you're kind of really, peppering them and and yeah. not really letting them get back to you. Yeah, but I mean, they're kind of they're they're most of them are almost all the time just down for the ride, except for a couple times where it was like they had a break and be like, uh, I don't know what's going on here. Um, wh- wh- why is he doing this sort of thing? Like <laughs> like weird stuff like that, which was uncomfortable. Yeah, no, I mean, it, if you watch the trailer, there's a great mix of these high-octane cars doing crazy stuff, and then you just kind of getting in guys' faces, but not <laughs> not like an aggressive way, just like, yeah. hey, man, what's just, going on? Just being a smartass. Yeah, it's basically, that's basically it. It's me, it's me being a smartass. It's me being everything that my dad uh, didn't want me to become, essentially. Right. <laughs> now, was, does your dad Congrats. have any uh, mechanical nature? Is your dad a gearhead? No, not at all. I mean, I'm, me neither. I'm not really a gearhead. I mean, I know, I know a good deal. I'm good with my hands so to speak as far as like 
you know, I can put put some duct tape or I can apply things gingerly, but I'm not like a, <laughs> I don't know how to do anything with any real tools or any to any real effect. Now, um, what was your? Did you have a? Uh, did you have a favorite person you met? Like one guy really stood out. Um, I mean, that's that's really hard to say. There's some people who really stood out in all, all different ways. There was one one guy who was really great. The guest guy, Mike Mike Charlton, who was the jet uh, thing. Oh my God, sorry. Uh, he drove this thing called the American Thunder jet truck. He put this, his engineer, he's trying to break the land speed record for a motorcycle with a jet engine on it. And he's like this crazy wow. gearhead. He was he was really fun because he just, total uh, total gearhead, but, you know, had a good sense of humor with everything. And there was, uh, just, I mean, it's really one of those things where we went to, we went to 36 different places or something like that. So it's so hard to remember all, everything blurs together, right. and it kind of all becomes one moment. This stuff I've have seen cuts from the show, and I'm like, I literally do not remember that moment, and that's me. How long were you out on talking. the road for? Uh, I give or take about five months. We're not straight, but um, so we had a lot of mishaps and a lot of a lot of weather, a lot of weather problems. It was almost there was a good month where we were being followed by the worst weather in the whole oh, fucking man. country. Oh, yeah, because yeah. you can't if you're if you're filming this stuff, obviously you yeah. can't get out and. Film in a in a horrific thunderstorm. Now, um, but we did. Yeah. What was your was the idea like what you visualized going into the show? Is that kind of how it turned out, or was it totally different from what you thought it was going to be? Like when you were first sold on the idea, when you first auditioned for it, right. when you first got the gig, and you and you had an idea of okay, this is what it's going to be. Did it kind of turn out differently, or was it was it kind of how you thought it would? I mean, it, it kind of yes and no. I mean, it changed it changed a lot from how it was originally set up to be because we rewrote a lot of things and um, sort of re sort of uh, retooled it, retooled it and made it uh, the uh, the viewpoint and stuff changed a little bit. But basically, uh, yeah, I mean, I I did expect a lot of stuff, but I also did have, didn't have any idea how much work it was going to be and how much was going to totally kick my ass to the point where. Yeah, it was the most exhausting. Now you talk, yeah, you say life. jackass type yeah. stunts. Did Sometimes. you get injured at all? I mean, I guess so, but not never severely injured. But just was, what banged up? Yeah, I was just like constantly bruised, and every day waking up, taking Advil, and like, like my back was always sore. Now any kind of time. you're you're traveling from town to town. Right. You're kind of a rock star. Not, meet not meet really. any meet any <laughs> do you meet any girls any crazy partying offset there was almost no crazy party or anything like that at all because it was always we'd always end up shooting like five hours longer than we, than we needed to or not we needed to than we, than we had Expected. planned on so yeah it was really uh, there was nothing like that whatsoever and and that also I'm not a rock star <laughs> whatsoever <laughs> I'm trying to hype so, you up as a rock star Johnny yeah, well, <laughs> well maybe now maybe when it's all done but yeah then, exactly then the, man tell me the show was like. Pretty boring in that sense. We had we had a nice a nice Christmas party at a hotel in Miami where I threw a couple bottles, a couple two liters of Sprite off the 18th floor into the pool. Nice. And uh, our executive producer decided Keith Moon over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> broke down the bathroom door and while well, he was blacked out, but that's about it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's so, that you know little little road action. Yeah. Now you're talking about becoming a rock star when you got this show and now you see the promos out there. Is does it feel like a life changing moment? Does this feel like a big break? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm like really excited that it's uh, out there. I mean, uh, I really like the show a lot. I'm proud of it. I feel like it's uh, it was really fun. I have a lot of my my voice in it throughout. And so yeah, I'm really just really happy that it's gonna get seen at all. Uh, it's, it's been a little while since we made it, so it's one of those things where, 
like everything everything with TV is like a it's a waiting game where you're yeah. you know you you find out one thing but then you're waiting for the next and you do the, you do the pilot and you're gonna wait. It's hard to stay to constantly see. super excited about it over yeah. five months. And I do then the opposite. Year. Yeah. I just decide everything is gonna work and suck. It's gonna not it's not gonna work. It's gonna totally suck. My life's gonna be shit. And <laughs> if, you just, if you count on that happening, then you're sort of prepared for. Or not prepared for it happening, and you don't have to have no expectations. Right, so you've kept yeah. kind of a low profile. You're like, yeah. hey, I'm Johnny Pemberton. Yeah, I, yeah, I got a show on MTV. Hope but, for the know. best, but prepare for the worst. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> now, what's uh, what is there? Do you feel any sort of pressure? Like now that the show's there, is there a pressure? Like, oh my God, I, I hope this gets good ratings. Is there, is there a pressure to now that you work so hard for it? You got the show, you got it on the air. Is there right. pressure now for it to do well? I mean, there's there always is, but there's nothing I can do about it. All I can do is like come on here, tell right. you guys awesome spread the it word, is. Right. yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, just just talk about it how I feel about it, which is I like it, and I hope people watch it. I think they're gonna like to watch it because it's one of those things where like we're trying to describe it here now and stuff. Right. And I try to describe it, and it's kind of hard, but I think when people see the trailer when they see it, it makes sense right away. Right. It so is one of those concepts when I first heard about it and stuff. Quite. I was like. Okay, yeah, but until you see the the crazy cars cut together, interspliced with the kind of just these awkward moments or right. interesting little dialogues back and forth with these characters, you don't really get the the whole sense of the show. Exactly, and that, I think that's great though. It's cool to have something where it doesn't quite make sense until you see it, and as soon as you see it, you get it right away. So. So now Thursdays, 10:30. I know Thursdays before was Jersey, Jersey Shore time. So I'm I'm replacing the situation. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's that's pretty good. I know it's pretty cool. Do you but, know do you know what kind of shows leading into it? Have uh, they picked that out yet? Yeah, Pranksters is right before us. I think it's their third season. Okay. Uh, that's a great show. Those are the guys from College Humor, I think. Uh, and then after us is after us is Bully Beatdown. Nice. So that's, that's putting those bullies in their place. That's the block. Now Sweet. is there uh, <laughs> have you guys has there been any talks about a season two? Do you oh, think this know. show has the ability to carry another season? Is yeah. there or is it kind of a one-time thing? I don't know. I mean, I definitely could. It could handle it. It's one of those things where I've, you can make a second season out of anything. You can make a third season out of anything. People, people right, if they're on board with the concept, if just like we were talking about Jersey yeah. Shore, it's not like anything's really changed. Right. But if they enjoy that concept, they kind of – yeah, I mean, what it's going to come down to is, hey, are people – Hey, Johnny Pemberton. I like that guy mixing it up with other guys, and that's why. And I think they will. So yeah, well, um, I, I would be great, and um, I would. I don't know. I kind of would look at it with mixed mixed feelings because it would be awesome to do it again, but at the same time, it would be such punishment. Such like, <laughs> and now if any yeah. of these hillbillies saw it and saw the show and were like, "Oh man, I'm gonna teach that oh, boy yeah. a lesson." I, I think you're right, and that might be why we'd have to go to Germany or something. Somewhere, like that. somewhere right. over in Europe <laughs> yeah. where they haven't seen it. Yeah, someplace where they. Japan, uh, you could go to space. Ja- yeah, Japan. Is there one? Yeah, I don't know if the Japanese are really <laughs> into monster trucks and stuff. Actually, no, I'm saying you could go to space. They, they have the first private true, yeah. space oh. program or whatever. Now, is there was there one particular vehicle, one one craft that really stood out in your mind? Oh man, okay. I have to get prepared because this is like, I know this is going to be asked of me sure. a lot coming up, and uh, like the like the best, or the most interesting. I don't even know. I mean, I, I can say, how about this? Uh, the swamp buggy is this thing. This is in I think it's in Tarpon Springs. I keep getting it wrong. I got to figure this out. Before, it's all right. But <laughs> it's in it's in Central Florida, right? Okay. There's these, these races on a mud track. It's like four feet deep of water and a circular track, and they have these things that look like cigars with uh, tractor wheels on them, 
We go like 70 miles an hour around this loop, uh, and they're like skimming on the water. That was, I thought, incredible, because I first thing I had no idea this even existed in the world at all, let alone that somebody could actually do that. that is, cause the physics of it didn't really make sense to me. Like It literally cuts through the water with its front wheels, and then somehow the back ones get traction deep. I don't know how it works. Wow, so some sort of like hydro It's kind of like hydroplaning in a way. Okay. Yeah. But, now, now yeah. how do you... Um, we're wrapping up here, but now oh, yeah. how does um, how does MTV decide? How do they find uh, how do they find these people? Was there a casting process for these guys? How did they like websites? I'm imagine. How did, yeah. Do you know anything about how they pick these people? Yeah, they had a whole, had a whole department. I mean, the production company is a company, Lion Television, and they had a they had a whole team of people trying to find vehicles, and that was really hard. I mean, they they did an incredible job because they must have got they got nose all the time. We had the, really? coast, the Coast Guard in New York City cancel on us the day of because oh, they, weren't, they weren't down with some stuff that we wanted to do. We have all <laughs> kinds of cancellations on people. What kind of hijinks weren't the Coast Guard down for? I mean, you know, anything. Any, if you, once you see anything we've done, it's sort of like, I can see why. You can see why right. a government agency <laughs> wouldn't, be, wouldn't want to be associated with Mega Drive. Right, but the, the Sheriff's Department in, uh, in Georgia, they were totally cool. Well, they <laughs> drive their mini, some good old boys. Tank, yeah. Oh, wow, they have oh, a miniature wow. tank? Yeah, have a mini tank from Manuel Noriega. Oh, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it took down Noriega. It's good enough to take down Noriega. It's good enough for me. Make sure you check out Johnny Pemberton. Next Thursday is the premiere on MTV, 1030. Also, check out uh, FX, Always Sunny, in Philly, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, right before that. So I'm on that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that uh, Your episode is Wednesday. Yeah, it's back-to-back. It's like this crazy FX. Oh, man. Nice. That's block, awesome. So. We didn't even get into that. Well, real quick, um, can you explain your part at all in the uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah, I play this, this guy, Craig, who's like... Sort of like a high school version of me, just as some smart-ass <laughs> kid. So, uh, yeah, you can see me uh, next week and the week after. Okay, wow. Nice. Not, next week saying. is Johnny Pemberton Takes Over I Television Week. I know I'll be tuning in. Logan, you want to uh, wrap things up with a haiku here? Let's do it. Yes, haiku. <laughs> I love haikus. Miniature Tank. Charlie Sheen's conspiracy. Planes, trains, monster trucks. All right, everyone. Thank you. Yes. Logan is very poetic. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into the green room. We do it live every Thursday on LATalkRadio.com. Thanks for listening to The Scream Room. You can check us out on iTunes. Uh, just go to SeanTGreen.com and click the iTunes link. You can also check me out at DocumentaryLabel.com. <laughs>